If you're lucky, you listen to them talk. They're on their way up and they can't stop. For all things great, I ain't in hard top. It's Kev Lewin's decent to sandbox. Since the sandbox fans, we are back. I am back. I know it's been a couple of weeks. I apologize. Had some uh, vacation time left before the end of the calendar year. So took some personal time off. But I'm back now. And and it's about that point in the season, guys. We're here with our first, right? First NBA Bold Prediction episode. First NBA Bold Prediction episode of the season. And you know what? I'm not even going to beat around the bush. I'm going to come out hot. So this is kind of a two-for-oneer go together. So I'll ease you into it. First of all, Golden State Warriors will end up with the best record in the NBA. But off of that, the Golden State Warriors will be the first team in NBA, ABA, NCAA, any kind of history of basketball to win 70 plus games in two different seasons. I think the Golden State Warriors will have 70, at least 70 wins this year. Think about it. They're 15 and 2 right now. They haven't even got Clay back. They're missing Wiseman. I mean, come on. What are we doing? Why did people forget about this team? Why? Because a couple of unfortunate injuries. We don't need KD out here. <laughs> we got Steph and Clay, the Splash Brothers. Well, I'm happy that's where you decided to start because I actually have something to go hand in hand All with right. the Golden State Warriors. What's up, Since the Sandbox? How we doing? Thank you, everybody, for your canned good donations. We actually. After today's commitments and collections, we will be over our last year amount, which was 1,260 items. So now we're looking a little bit closer to 1,300. So thank you to you guys. But with the NBA Bowl prediction, I have, it's also a two for one, but it also goes with Golden State. So not only will Steph Curry be this year's MVP, but he'll also win the scoring title. Okay. Yeah. I mean, listen, (laughs) hey, that. It's probably true. I feel that like is probably true. that goes hand in hand it with definitely yours does. too. It definitely <laughs> does, yeah. And I'm actually going to jump in with another one because you mentioned the MVP race. And so I know this it. is going to be a hot take for a lot of people. But right now, he is third in the standings for MVP. I know it's early in the season. But I think DeMar DeRozan has a very good shot of winning this year's MVP. Wow. I think Steph is deserving as well. Not saying that. If, he, if he wins it, I'll have no complaints. But DeMar DeRozan... Listen, here's the thing about DeMar DeRozan. All right, let me tell you. I do this every episode. I go on my spiels. But, and if and if you've talked basketball with me, you know I'm a, I'm a big DeRozan guy. I'm not going to say he's my favorite player, but I've always been a fan. And I definitely think he's one of probably the top 10 or 12 most underrated players of our generation. And he just brings a whole new aspect to the Bulls because they had, you know, a pretty decent core, right? They had Zach Levine, who's one of, you know, the best up-and-coming players at his age. They got Vucevic, you know, towards the end of last year, which was a huge pickup. They got Lonzo in the offseason, which I thought was a huge pickup. But DeRozan... Kind of ties it all together. He ties it all together, and here's why. Because he's a little bit of of all their good things. Yeah. Right? Like Zach Levine. Guy can put up 30 a night, no problem. Is he the best facilitator? No. Is he the best best leader? I wouldn't say. I think, you know, lack of experience in his age hasn't allowed him to be a great leader yet. And he's not, you know, a sharpshooter for as many threes as he takes. All right. Then you got Lonzo. Great defender. Good facilitator. Not the best scorer. Doesn't really have the best IQ. Good IQ, but not great. And you got Vucevic, who kind of just does a little bit of everything, right? You bring DeMar DeRozan in. All right. And DeMar DeRozan, keep in mind, is a guy who's averaged a uh, double-double the last three seasons. Right, So now you got a guy who can put up 25 a night along with Zach Levine, 
but he's also going to get you eight assists along with the 10 or 12 Lonzo's getting you. And he's getting you an extra seven, eight rebounds along with Vucevic is getting yeah. you. So I just think he's so he's so valuable for that team. I think it's obviously still Zach Levine's team, right? I think we can all agree on that. But I think DeRozan is is really, you know, the most valuable piece on that team. And I really do think that him and Levine come the middle to, and end of the season will be looked at as one of the best duos in basketball. I really do think that. They could be. Now, I think when it comes down to the Bulls, right? Because this is all uh, this is all kind of new to the Bulls. The last time the Bulls were this talented or, or, or this deep, this good, this was a D-Rose-led team. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, consistency is a big part of that. Yeah, they started off hot early, and we were at the game. They traveled to the Celtics, beat the Celtics. I want to see... I want to see how they do against some of these top tier West Coast teams because I feel like that's yeah. that's what their real tests are because they're gonna lose games to to the Bucks and the Nets of the world and, and they'll split every three every couple times that they play against each other and things like that. But how much of a threat can we feel that that the Bulls would be you know throughout the whole yeah. season? I feel like that's really what it comes down to. And last year, I mean, I don't want to say that. The, the, we know that the Bucks won the championship, but I don't want to say that the Bucks were were the biggest threat throughout you know the the NBA season. We just knew that they had the talent in Giannis, they had the deep team, obviously the the addition of Drew Holiday um, and Chris Middleton being being that fourth quarter guy he always is. So if they can find that sort of consistency within their locker room, bang, that that's great. I'm going to jump in with my next bold prediction, and this is a team that we just mentioned while we were talking about the Bulls. And I think I think this is the year. This is the year for the Nets. Okay. I really do think it is. I think this is the year the Nets will win the NBA Finals. KD healthy, James Harden healthy, regardless if they get Kyrie Irving back or not. I think having them too is enough. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the longer they wait, the harder it's going to be for them to win a championship. And I think Durant can do that this year. I think Harden can do that this year. Now, here's something I wanted to ask. After they win a championship together, because I'm going to say if, or I'm going to say when and not if, okay. for these two, is this a, a long-term relationship between the two, or is it championship and bounce Talking about Harden and KD? Yes. Um. All right, well, I'm going to, first, before I answer that, I'm going to say... The Nets are a tough team when it comes to predictions and stuff like that because, and, and I'll turn this to the football side comparison, I think they're a lot like what people think of the Cowboys, right? The Cowboys year in and year out are always one of the most talented teams in the league. And yeah, they might win a lot of games some years, but for some reason they can just never win, right? There's always something, whether it's the play, you know, the play on the field, the front office, whatever. There's always just something holding them back. I feel like... I feel like that's still the case with the Nets. I think they'll snap out of it. I think they're still, you know, getting towards the end of like the, you know, Kyrie depression where we're not sure if he's going to come back or not. And obviously with the with the foul rule change and everything, that's definitely affected James Harden's play a lot. Although I don't think it's affected as much as people are making it sound. But when it comes down to it, I mean, I've always said basketball is one of those games where if you have the best player on the court, you're going to win the majority of the time. And and, and they really do have the best player on the court. I mean, I don't think anyone can argue besides maybe Steph Curry. Kevin Durant is the best player player in basketball. So I hate to say that it's impossible for them to win a championship because KD has the the championship experience. He is the best player in the NBA. 
I'm just afraid of the infrastructure of the organization when it comes to Fair that. Fair enough. But I'm not going to rule them winning a title out because they're definitely one of the favorites right now. I will say that there there are some teams that I think that you can make that comparison with the I, I don't I don't think that that's necessarily a bad comparison, mm-hmm. but what I will say is they don't have, you know, a veteran coach, but they do have a veteran person as their coach in right. Steve Nash. Mm-hmm. Now, I actually I think Steve Nash does pretty well. I think Durant responds well to him. I think that the the team responds well to him. And I feel like if they didn't, that would be something that we would have noticed from the jump with mm-hmm. them. So I definitely get that, but but then again in the same sentence, I also would like to put that comparison with K D a little bit I don't want to compare him to Brady because I know the championships and, and stuff ain't there, but he's on a different level than LeBron. I know he, what you mean. He yeah, probably he, is. he probably is in in you know that that top echelon as far as the NBA goes right now, and this could be the best that we're ever going to see from mm-hmm. Kevin Durant, yeah. like this upcoming season. This could be his healthiest season. I mean, depending on what you yeah. want to argue, but. This is this is all about him, and I feel like we saw flashes of that last season when Harden was banged up inside yeah. the playoffs. And, um, and and we have to keep in mind, right? I mean, the Nets were literally a toenail away from making it to the finals last yeah. year, and who knows? They probably would have beat the Phoenix Suns. As much as I was rooting for the Suns, I'm going to be real with you and say, if Kevin Durant was playing them, he would have absolutely torched them. <laughs> as far as the Harden and the KD thing, it's tough to say. I think... They obviously like playing together, right? They started off together in OKC, found their way back to each other in Brooklyn. The only reason I have a question mark, and this isn't taking away from him, but I think once Harden gets that initial ring, he's going to want to go off and do it on his own. Yeah, you know what I'm so saying? I asked you the question. Yeah, because KD, right, he won it with Steph. Now he has the experience. Now he has a team that's fully his, right? If you ask anyone, you know, Whose team is the Brooklyn Nets? Everyone that you no, ask is going to say Kevin Durant. Yeah. Whereas in Golden State, you got some Kevin Durants, but you got a lot of Steph Currys as well. So I think if they do win a ring, maybe Harden will stick together another year or two maybe, try to win a couple in a row like KD did in Golden State. But I think eventually, especially where he's, you know, his prime isn't getting any shorter, it's only uh, expiring day by day, I think he's going to want to go off and do it, you know, on a team where people view his team, you know? Yeah, no. But I don't think I don't think there'll be any ill will towards each other. I think they'll just go their separate ways and, and do their thing. But it's clear that and it's funny because I feel like a lot of you know, when when the whole K C big three blew up, I feel like a lot of the blame was put on Kevin Durant. And I think people are now starting to see, you know, it, and and Kevin Durant obviously says questionable things, does questionable things in the media, but at the end of the day, People love playing with him. No, he's, he's a good teammate. He's a good leader. Like Odell. I, and I think people are starting to see that. You know, I think people are starting to see, you know what, maybe it wasn't Durant this whole time. Because he went to Golden State, and if he was as much of a diva as people made him seem leaving OKC, that wouldn't have worked out with no. Stephen Clay there. You know what I mean? No, yeah. But it did, and it's worked out in Brooklyn pretty much, you know, besides the Kyrie clash. But Kyrie's in a, in a league of his own. But All I right, think Kat. people are finally starting to see KD's the real deal. Arguably. The boldest prediction oh, on God. this NBA list. Right. Arguably the boldest. Okay. Two teams in the East. Okay. Unless a trade occurs, will not be anything higher than a seventh or eighth seed. And we know that they have the, the playing format, so they could possibly uh-huh. get in this way. The Celtics and the 76ers will not be a top six seed inside the East unless a trade is made. It just can't happen for those teams. Yeah. Do you yeah. agree? I think I do. 
I definitely agree. Wow. With, I definitely agree with the Celtics. I definitely agree with the Celtics. I um, just think that if if Embiid can't stay healthy the way he did last year, he can't carry the team, and we know that Simmons isn't yeah. there. Yeah, I agree. I would say, I mean, for for the Sixers, it's a little bit easier because they know they have to trade Ben Simmons. It just yeah. comes down to the right time and the right price. I think once they do, they're going to get a boatload for Simmons, no matter what team, whether it's picks, whatever. They're going to get a boatload for him, and they're finally going to get that cancer of a man out of the locker room, which I think will only help Embiid and Tobias and the rest of the young guys on the team. As far as the Celtics, like, I want to say, yeah, like, if a trade happens, but, like, a trade ain't going to happen. Like, we've seen this every year. The past five seasons, it's come down to we need a big midseason, not even a big midseason trade, but we need a midseason trade that's going to make us better, and they just always drop the ball. I'm hoping, you know, having different guys in the front office now and, and stuff like that, that that'll change. But, I mean, unless the Celtics go out and really make a push for someone that's going to finally fill the void that we've been missing for five, six years, I just don't see it happening. I mean, I said the other day, I was talking to Joe Testa, shout out Joe Testa, on Facebook, and it's just, you can argue with me all you want, but it's clear as day that that these two can't play together, yep. talking about Tatum and Brown. And it's just, when you have that much invested in your two youngest guys and your two biggest core guys and they can't figure it out it's just never going to work and that is what it is I I love them both as basketball players I really do as much as I hate on Tatum love him as a basketball player he's a great talent so is Jalen Brown but there's going to come a point in the time whether it's this season or next season or whatever that the Celtics are really going to have to look and be like listen we tried this we try to make it work for as long as we can but these two just can't play together and when that happens, honestly, then I'll have some hope. I really will. Because as much as talented as I think Tatum and, and Brown are, I just have no hope with them playing together that they're ever going to win a championship because it's clear as day that they just can't, can't play, play together. together. It is what it is. You have another bold prediction, Kev? I do. I have a few. They're a little bit less bold. But my first one, kind of along with you know the DeRozan talk and the Bulls talk, I think if the Bulls can stay healthy – Right, because Vucevic has you know a pretty decent injury history. DeRozan, we know, obviously has a has a wide injury history. Yeah. Lonzo as well for his short time in the NBA. I think if the Bulls can stay healthy, they will come out of the East this year. Wow, I really do. I firmly believe that. I think they're the only team that depth wise can match up with Brooklyn because they have three guys, you know, DeRozan and Lonzo more than Zach Levine, but they got three three guys that can. St- at least slow down Kevin Durant on the perimeter and James Harden on the perimeter. And they have an elite big man. And, I, and I'm sick of people not giving Vucevic his due because Vucevic oh, is an elite yeah, big absolutely. man. You know what I mean? He really is. And it might not show up on paper or, you know, in the name, but the guy gets it done. He's he's a walk in 18 and 12 a night. So for them to have that and for the talent they have around the wing and at the forward position, it's just hard to see any team in the East beating them Compete besides. Yeah, yeah, like even, even the Bucks, like, they like they match up good against them, but like I'm to t- an extent though, because I feel like the Bucks last year still needed big man help in that playoff. They so. did. They just lucked out because they played the one team in the finals in the West that didn't really have an established big guy. Like Aiden had an okay year, you know. But, but the like, Suns aren't paying him for a reason. Yeah, and and and, <laughs> and even on DeAndre Aiden's best day, he would never be able to shut down Giannis. So or Vucevic or, or Vucevic. <laughs> yeah. So that's just realistic. what it is. And 
Kev, this one might might be a, a little bit more of a beneficial to you than the Since the Sandbox fans. And I don't know how necessarily bold it is, but I'm going to come out and say that Carmelo Anthony is going to have his best year since the Knicks. <laughs> yeah, statistically, yes. He is. He is. And honestly, it's crazy too because I was thinking about this because we, um, we obviously have our NFL honors you know, episode coming up. So I was thinking of like NBA honors too, like just so far in the season. And it's like Melo put up pretty decent numbers last year in Portland. But for some reason, I still feel like he's in contention for like comeback player of the year or like most improved player. I was going to say, do Just you think like, he can get most improved? I like, it's, I it's weird because his numbers <laughs> really haven't gone up because he really did have such like a, like a low key great season in Portland last year. But like impact. just, just the impact that he's had, like, and you guys all know I'm the biggest mellow fan out here. I did not think he was going to have this big of an impact on a LeBron and AD Lakers team. But, like, he really is, like, the whales that's keeping it running right now. And, and that team's a mess. But Melo's doing his thing. So, shout out to Melo. And I've been saying if he is, there's no reason this guy should have been out of basketball for two years. I don't care what you say about the guy. At the end of the day, he's one of the best in the league still at putting the ball in the bucket. So, no way he should have been off for two years. All right, Kev. Finish strong with your last. All right. This one's little subtle, little subtle, and there's been some talks going around about possible John Wall to the Miami Heat. So I'm going to say it is going to happen, but the boldness about it is I think it'll happen before Christmas. Wow. I really do because I think the Rockets are going to get to a point in the season where they know they're not going to make the playoffs that early in the season. They know they're not going to. They're going to want to rebuild. And realistically, John Wall is not a guy you're going to want to keep to rebuild with, right? Like, He's he's getting up there in age now too, and he's injury prone, and he's got his own attitude problems. And I think he will be a Miami Heat by the end of the year. And if he does, watch out for Miami because where will be a they scary stand team. compared to the rest of the teams in the East? Are they are they locked in top four seed? Talk about now or if they get John Wall? I mean, either way, I feel like regardless, like, yeah. yeah, like right now they're probably like anywhere from like four to six. I'm talking like just as far as talent wise and stuff. If they get John Wall, they could realistically finish top three. You really think that John Wall will make that much? I of really do. Even just, with Lowry already being there. Well, well, that's I, I think that's part of the reason because now you have high guard play, at high all guard times. play at all times. No matter what the lineup is, no Hero matter who too. you start, you got Hero, you got Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler. I mean, Jimmy Butler, he's a small forward, but like realistically, he's a shooting guard. Is like Iggy you know, what I mean, he came he up as a shooting guard. Jimmy Butler, Iggy. Iggy is back with the Warriors this year. Iggy's back with the Warriors. But I'm telling you, if if they get John Wall, that's going to be huge. People don't think so, but John Wall still gets some game in him. All right, guys. These are the Since the Sandbox NBA Bowl predictions. We know you guys love our bowl predictions. We got more coming. We have some Thanksgiving talk. We have NFL honors predictions, and we have our Week 12 fantasy rankings. Make sure to stay tuned. Guys, leave us that five-star review. And stop putting aside for that toy drive because that's coming up real soon and we want strong results just like we had for our community can drive. Five stars.